Hi and welcome. You are listening to the PhD Career Coaching Podcast channel by Tina Persson. I am a PhD career coaching expert helping professionals all over the world to find and create their dream job and dream career. After more than 10 years as an academic professional at the Max Planck Institute in Germany and at the Lund University in Sweden, I left the academic world for a career in the industry. Today, I work as a career and leadership coach, supporting PhDs to develop the right skills, knowledge and guidance, working in a field that makes them happy and fulfilled. Don't forget, I have a webpage, passagetopro.com, and my podcast you'll find on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes and Apple. So, time to get inspired on the PhD Career Coaching channel with Tina Persson. Today's topic is why you, as PhD, should focus on your transferable skills. Skills you can apply in any job field. One of the biggest mistakes you can do as a researcher when looking for jobs outside of academia is to get stuck in the so-called missing skill gap. You focus on reading open job ads and after scrolling in the job flow you think, I don't have the skills they are requiring. That could, of course, be true, but it really depends on the job you are applying for. In this podcast, I will focus on how you, as job seeker, can use your transferable skills trained in academia to articulate the value you can offer any recruiter and hiring manager in your resume or in any interview situation. But first, let's talk about transferable skills. What are they? And what transferable skills are companies interested in? Transferable skills are particular skills that doesn't belong to any particular job, niche or industry. They are a set of general skills that can be used in any job field. As such, they can be transferred between any job, department and even industry. It is for this reason they are called transferable skills. When I'm coaching my PhD clients, one focus is to guide and support them in understanding the drives and motivation. It might seem to be an easy exercise, but for many PhDs, it takes some hours of career coaching. It starts somehow with a short reflection exercise that's basically what do you like versus what do you not like to do, both work and spare time related. And I said what you like to do, even love to do. What makes you run out of bed in the morning, I say? What can you do on a daily basis without getting bored? I know you can do a lot. That's the PhD trap when you think, I can do a lot. But you see, it's not about doing everything and doing a lot. It's about prioritizing your tasks in a scale from 1 to 10. Where one is what you can do on a daily basis 90% of your time without getting bored. If you have a job in which 80% of what you do is above five, you most likely have a job that you would find very, very fulfilling. So learning about your drives and motivation is a great start towards identifying a job field, a job title that you would find both motivating and interesting. 
If it is your first job after academia, it might not be your dream job, but that doesn't matter as you, as a PhD, are on a mission and you know a career is not a sprint but a marathon. A common mistake, and I would even say a very common mistake, is to say, I can do everything. I like to do everything. Very few recruiters and hiring managers would believe in that. When I have clients in which we are working on their transferable skills and they insist on saying, stop pushing me, I can really do everything. That might be for following reasons. So listen carefully on these four reasons. Is this some of these reasons something that you use for yourself? Number one is you don't want to or don't like to reflect on your past work experience. Two, you don't understand and you don't want to understand how important it is to build an awareness around your transferable skill. Three, You think self-awareness training is too time-consuming. It's fast and easy to take another course on hard skills, technology skills, etc., and to get another certificate. Could very well be true for some jobs like machine learning, data analyst, artificial intelligence, but for most other jobs, your transferable skills will qualify you as PhD. I actually call it the comfort zone when avoiding to reflect and building self-awareness. I don't say that you should not learn more technical skills. I just say it's what you are trained to do. You are trained as PhD to train technical skills. And as such, that lies in your comfort zone to continue to learn technical skills. Later in this podcast, I will give a few examples on technical skills worth adding to your portfolio by taking courses. But in general, companies will provide you with training you need to be able to perform in your new job. In the end, they are paying you to be able to perform and as such, they are interested in that you have all the tools you need to succeed in your job. Finally, there are last reason number four. You want your coach to tell you what to do. You are maybe a bit lazy here, but it's, it's your future we're talking about. It's your career and as such, it's your responsibility. When you have succeeded to help yourself, you will be proud over yourself and you will grow as a person as you are worth it and you deserve it. In this podcast, I want you to learn following To develop and training your transferable skills and soft skills is a winning strategy for your future career success. And there are certain transferable skills and soft skills you should develop straight on. And remember, transferable skills can be trained and developed as you progress in your career. All PhDs and early researchers have fantastic transferable skills. Now it's time to learn how to articulate them so employees understand the value you will bring to the company. So some important transferable skills highly valid by employers are leadership and management, including self-awareness and development of your soft skills, learning to understand who you are, your drives and motivation and personal strength and weaknesses, teamwork ability, who you are in a team, 
and what impact you have on other team members. Time management, how you handle pressure and how you make priorities. Working ethics, can the company and your team trust you? Listening and taking feedback, how open you are to learn new things and how you handle failure. Communication skills. It's about how you communicate with your team members and manager, how you handle your emailing and how you can work proactive by communicating your mission in the company. Problem solving, your ability to solve problems and get things done. Identifying the missing dot or the missing link to drive the product to success and get things done. If you like to learn more about transferable skills and how they can be applied in your job hunt, don't forget to check out my book, The PhD Career Coaching Guide, you can find on Amazon and other digital platforms. Also listen to my podcast, Do You Understand the Job You Are Applying For? In that podcast, I give you plenty of good tips. The topic goes hand in hand with transferable skills as if you don't understand the job you are applying for, you can't most likely match your transferable skills to that job you're applying for. If you are a PhD looking for a job outside of academia, it's important to understand yourself so you can highlight these skills properly on your resume and in the interview situation. That is how you make an impression. It's never about the perfect candidate. It's about the candidate that stands out a clear and well-written resume will impress on the reader. To help you to understand the importance of transferable skills, I will tell you a short story from my first transition from academia to industry. As some of you already know, I was an assistant professor at Lund University between 2001 and 2006. Already after two years, I realized it was the wrong job. Or put it this way, I started to get bored and I felt I did not really belong to the Institute. I felt I was different. If I look back from the perspective I like to do and I do not like to do, it would look like this. What I like to do or what I did like to do was teaching, supervising, helping, having fun, going to conferences, liaising with people, collaborating, establishing new collaborations with external partners, talking with external partners, organizing conferences, relationship building, having many new ideas, selling them to my academic colleagues, building new teams, being focused on results, getting things done. What I did not like to do was following Compete with my fellow colleagues, writing manuscripts, editing work, general administration like involving finance, etc., course administration, committee work, sitting in the coffee room chatting, politic, get bored when I felt I can't impact my work or my situation, grant writing. By listening to that, what I like and not like, I am quite sure that you already know, learned a lot about me. Some of you might think, oh, that sounds like me. And some of you might think, 
how did she end up in academia? The last one I understand, as that was the question I actually asked myself. If you listen to my previous podcast, you will learn before starting an academic career. What I did as a mistake was I did not figure out what it was like to work as a PI and supervisor. I loved being a PhD. I loved to be a postdoc. But being a professor and a PI is something very, very different. So lesson to be learned. Before you apply and accept any job offer, figure out the work style, the drives and the motivation required for that specific job, as it will save you a lot of pain, I promise you. So when I started to apply for my first job, I was, of course, reacted. I quickly realized I need to step into the hidden job market. I started to call, call people. My hardest challenge was to convince people that I did not want to stay in academia. Most people could not understand why. However, after talking with many professionals in industry, I stumbled into a job called recruiter. By calling around, I had learned that the new job field in the recruitment business was on the agenda to open up in some part of Sweden. That field was life science. I decided it was my chance Been working in life science field for over 20 years, I should be attractive. I had many skills matching to the recruiter job. The question was, how can I motivate the company that I am the person they are looking for? Did I have any hard skills requirements matching that job? The answer is no. Did I have any experience from industry from a similar situation? The answer is no. So what did I do? The only reason I got the job was I called the company and identified the key person responsible for the life science section. I refused to give up, although she was not very interested in me in the beginning. I did not take a no for a no. I managed to express my drives and motivation, my transferable skills from the list what I like to do that I described above or earlier in this podcast. I was clear with my mission. I want to leave academia because I want a job in which I better can express myself for what I like to do and from my personal soft skill perspective. I convinced them I was up to date with the life science market and that I had a network of key people in the field. Remember one thing, I had done an academic professional was to organize conference in which many of the invited speakers and sponsors were from the private sector. So as assistant professor already, I had built up a network of people. A recruiter job requires sales experience, which I did not have, but I convinced them by saying following, I am born in a sales family. I have learned from my parents since I was a child and from following them, I know what the job will require of me. They actually bought that argument. To convince the company that I was a result-focused personality and that I had the ability to get things done, I used following example. I am a fitness instructor and I'm a former track and field veteran on 400 meter. I know what it takes to train to set up goals and adopt to habits leading to a gold medal. 
they bought that argument as well. I signed the contract and the rest is history. This was my start into the corporate world. Without this job or that job, I most probably wouldn't be an independent company owner today because the next eight years in my life would change my life and career for what it is today. The question is, did I get the job because of my academic merits? The answer is no. I got my first job because of my transferable skills, my drive, my courage and my strong will to get, to get what I wanted. I wanted a change and I was open-minded enough to take the chance when it was there for me. The salary was far from my previous academic salary. Did I care? No. I had a bigger mission on my mind. I wanted to help other PhDs to get a job faster than me. I wanted them to have a PhD recruiter, a PhD understanding their skills. I'm sure by listening to my list, what I like to do and what I don't like to do, you realize why a recruiter job was good fit for me. And that being a recruiter expressed far different transferable skills than working as a PI at the university. This shows how extremely important it is to explore your own transferable skills. If you haven't started exploring, start today as it will pay off. I haven't forgotten about the topic, should I take a course or not? Most PhDs tend to think, I don't have the skills they require, so I must take another course. It could very well be so, but it's about the time and how you invest your time. So before you invest in any course, take following into account. Will the course add value to your portfolio? Is this course leading me to a job in the region I'm interested in? To be 99% sure that the course will increase your chances to get the job, ask the company following question. If I take this course, would I then get the job? I can see following skill-specific courses adding value. Leadership and self-awareness training, data analyzing, artificial intelligence, machine learning, programming, communication skills and general skills involving technology literacy. Today, there are many PhDs and posters signing a contract without having the perfect skill match. Listen to the podcast, the PhD career stories and learn from other PhD transition. Why not contact them on LinkedIn and ask, how did you do and what advice would you give me if I want the same career you have started so successfully directly after academia? Use LinkedIn. If you have not listened to my previous podcast, do so. You will learn a lot. Learning how to master LinkedIn will support you enormously. Finally, if I may choose three personality threats being key success factors, it would be following. One, never, ever Take a no as a forever no, but as a future yes. Two, giving up is not an option. Three, stick to routines. Get out of bed, get dressed and stay focused and just do it. 
Thanks for listening to the PhD Career Coaching channel. It was a true pleasure talking to you and sharing a part of my story and my own PhD career lessons. If you like what you hear, don't forget to buy my book, The PhD Career Coaching Guide. You'll find it on Amazon, in paperback and in Kindle format. You can find much more information about me, about my blog and more podcasting and future stuff coming up. you find it on my webpage, passage2pro.com. And don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me on Facebook and Twitter. That was all. Stay tuned. I will be back.